Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money, a podcast where we have nuanced conversations about money, business, and life, where we take the time to explore the human side of money, because success with money is never just about the numbers. I'm your host, Jacquette Timmons, and not only am I really delighted that you are here with me today, I am really delighted that I have a guest. Tiffany Lanier. <laughs> Tiffany, I am so excited that you are here. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. This is so, <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I definitely want you to give folks and you know uh, a sense of who you are. But if I can just set the tone a little bit, one of the reasons I'm excited is because you and I are both in a group called the Mic Drop Method which was co-founded by Mike Ganino and Chloe DeVita. And I have had the, the privilege and the blessing of seeing behind the scenes as you work on your TED Talk. And it was listening to some of your practices where you talk about your perspective. And I was struck by that perspective that spoke to personal growth being a collective effort too. So I am really looking forward to us diving into that. But before I go into that, can you tell our good listeners and viewers that, that may be joining us on YouTube a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. Well, first, thank you. And it is so interesting, you know, there's not very many people that get to see me work behind the scenes. <laughs> Right. Right. So I'm just exactly. like, just listening to, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I know that we do that together. Um, but I know there's, you know, not very many people that get that peek in on watching me build these talks and work it out. So I think that's such a cool perspective yes. <laughs> to have, um, <laughs> on the back end. Uh, you get a little bit, you know, of all the, all the tea yes. <laughs> that goes exactly. to building out these talks, but hello everyone. I am Tiffany Lanier. I'm a change and well-being keynote speaker and the founder of the Morning Shift Co., which is a personal growth and well-being company that's dedicated to helping you navigate and embrace change through the lens of well-being, but also doing it all through morning routines and rituals. And so it is my great pleasure to be here <laughs> and talking to you about all things change, well-being, morning routines, and, and the like. <laughs> my goodness. Um, all right. So I too am really glad. And I don't know on your screen, let me, before we go on, are, are we stacked or are we side by side? We are stacked. We are stacked. Do you know how to make us side by side? Um, I think it's just a changing of the, um, the view. So I just made it bigger and then we are side by side. Oh, okay. So then so I, I won't worry side by side. <laughs> okay, yeah. I won't worry about it then. <laughs> if you change the view to what speaker gallery? No, just if you make it make the window larger. Oh, so if it like takes up your screen, I think we're side by side, and if it's smaller, then we're stacked. Aha! All right. Well, and I, I yes. won't uh, worry our folks with that detail, I guess it will just be how it looks on my end, but if it's side by side on yours, we're going to go it with is. it. <laughs> okay. It is side by side. Perfect. 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 So 
I, I gave folks a, you know, a, an, an idea of, um, what struck me about your perspective. And one of the reasons why it, it did so is because so much of self-help and personal growth is packaged and positioned as an entirely individualized effort. And so I'd really be curious if you could share with us, how did you come to your perspective that personal growth is indeed collective too? Yeah. Well, it struck me when I became a mother, as so many things <laughs> has. Um, to know me is to know that so much of my philosophy that I share today um, really did stem from like being pregnant into, you know, going through a complicated pregnancy, overcoming that to then being a new mom and then facing postpartum depression. And all that I had to not only experience during that time, but having to navigate so many mental and emotional hurdles to try mm -hmm. to be well on the other side of it. And I quickly learned that my ability to take care of myself directly impacted those around me, right? So it had a ripple effect on how I would either treat and or be with my child, with my partner, with my family, my friends, my clients, colleagues, all of this was a ripple effect. And that was really the spark that had me really thinking like, wow, the state that I'm currently in right now directly impacts those around me. Yeah. And depending on what I do or what I don't do, could then move past them to the next wave of people. And so it was there that that concept of personal growth isn't just personal, but it's collective really started to, um, to build. And then I took that same, as I began to navigate that time on a personal level and just my direct, you know, outlies of my family and friends and clients, then I started looking at from a leadership perspective. What does that look like when we are building, growing, managing companies, when we are, um, you know, impacting our, our coworkers or our peers in any, in any which way. And so it really started there for me was that first initial inclination to be like, wow, me not being well right now in my, my mind and my body and my soul is having direct implications on my family, right. on how I show up in my business. Um, and that was really the catalyst. Well, thank you for sharing that. And because I think that far too often we don't move beyond even just how it might, we might think about how it affects us. We might think about how it affects our family and maybe even our friends, but I don't know if we always think about how it will also affect our clients and what impact it has on our leadership. And, mm -hmm. you know, in February, I attended a leadership retreat. And I've just been describing it as the experience I didn't know I needed, but really mm -hmm. did. And it it just was a, a really clear reminder that whether you're talking about leadership, whether you're talking about money, it is all an inside out job. <laughs> Most definitely. It's all very much interconnected. 
yeah. everything is. And so we create these silos of yeah. everything being separate when it all intertwines in one way yeah. or the other. And the faster we can understand that, learn that, not only the easy, I wouldn't even say easy, but the better we are at navigating and managing change as right. it arises. Yeah, I love that. So you mentioned in your um, self-introduction, the morning shift. What is that? The morning shift. It's the the end all be all of no of greatness. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's all you need. It's folks. all, it's you, all need. you need. It's everything you need. It's it's like the magic. Stop shopping. <laughs> the morning shift is really a container for change. Um, it's a container for change that is wrapped in how we start our days, um, particularly in creating morning routines and rituals that help us embrace the changes that we're experiencing, help us create new habits and behaviors that are necessary to step into that next person, next place, next experience that we're looking to have in our life, our leadership, or our work. And so it's really a container for discovering, defining, and developing a new way of being in the midst of change. That's how I've defined it. Um, and so my company, what we do is we help organizational leaders as well as individuals really sit down with themselves and think about what are the changes that you are experiencing and how are you creating space for that change? Because so often do we try to push through the seasons of change that we are going through. I know, like I mentioned earlier, when I was, you know, going through the complicated pregnancy, overcoming that so much of life was just being like <laughs> thrown at me as many of us experience, especially when we're dealing with ailments or things that, you know, directly impact our health and our well-being in that way, that obviously has an impact on literally everything else that we do. Um, but unexpected change befalls us all constantly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when we're moving through these types of unexpected change, like a pandemic <laughs> and anything else under the sun that comes our way, we have a tendency to just move on. Like we just have to get to the next thing because, you know, there's bills that are due, right. there's work to be done, there's people right. that we have to serve, um, or we don't have the resources in order to help ourselves move through this experience from a place of wellness versus a place of pushing and grinding because that's been pretty much uh, <laughs> pushed down our throats in very, very young age, right? I recently um, saw a home, I don't know if it was a meme or a video about, I guess, um, perfect attendance. Uh -huh. So still promoting children having perfect attendance and how that ties into not taking care of yourself and perpetuates this idea of hustle culture. Um, and I never thought about it until I read it like that. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I, I didn't even think about that ideal that we're instilling very early on that no matter what you push through and you get rewarded at the end of the day, if you just show up. Right. Right. And so for some people, they'll be like, well, that's tenacity and resilience and you know you do all these things and you show up anyway that's good right well <laughs> from a psychological and a well-being standpoint is it well you know to to constantly push through everything in spite of yourself um that's to be debated yeah. and yeah. so 
the morning shift really did arise from this time that I was doing the exact thing that I'm talking about, pushing through no matter what, trying to show up to be the best versions of all the things, being the best parent or whatever that looked like at the time, like, right. you know, trying to be the best parent, partner, daughter, friend, speaker, coach, all the things. Right. Yet I was depleted. I was burned out. I would show up and do interviews like this and I would go cry right after because I was just so out of wits with myself and I didn't slow down at all to, to even see like, what, what's going on? Like, what am I feeling? What is happening right now? Um, I would later found out that I was experiencing symptoms of postpartum depression. Like that was what I was going through, but I didn't even allow myself to feel it, to be with it, to sit with it, to process it, any of those things. Um, and so the morning time was introduced or kind of creating this space to do all those things, to process, acknowledge what I was experiencing going through was introduced to me by a mentor who just called me out and was like, you've been through a lot in a really short period of time, but yet you haven't been taking care of yourself. Like, what do you do in the morning? And I thought it was such a weird question um, because I'm like, well, first of all, I'm really sleep deprived because I have a baby that wakes up. <laughs> all through the night. Um, right. And then I wake up and I maybe grab something to eat. Maybe not. I jump on calls. I shoot videos. I'm making courses. I'm building presentations. I'm doing all the things. And she's like, so where, where are you going to like fill your cup and all of that? And I'm like, what cup? <laughs> like, do I even have a cup? Like, I'm not sure that I have a cup. And I talk about that a lot now in my talks. You know, we talk a lot about filling these cups, but some of us have cups that are broken and some of us don't have a cup to start with. Right. And so it was in this understanding that I realized something needed to change. I couldn't continue to be the inspiration, motivational person that I was and tell people that they should be doing all of the things and then not doing it myself. Right. And so I began to create a morning practice that allowed me to go into a deep period of discovery and which allowed me to redefine who I wanted to be for that moment and who I wanted to be as a mom, as a partner, as a business owner, all of the things. Um, and really created a consistent practice that was just the space that I needed to tend to those needs. And from there, I was like, wow, my whole life is literally changing before my eyes. I feel so much not only better in my body, but I'm able to think more clearly. I'm showing up in a way that feels really good and in alignment. And I think, you know, now it might be time to like turn this baby into something that I can help other people experience as well. And so that, that was kind of how the morning shift came to be about. I so love that. And so there are a couple of things that kind of jumped out at me as you were describing it to that reframe. It reminds me of uh, Susan Taylor, who used to be the editor for Essence Magazine. I remember mm -hmm. once hearing her speak at an event and she said, give yourself to yourself before you give yourself away. Mm -hmm. And this whole notion of filling up your cup, it reminds me of that. And the other thing that really struck me with what you've just shared is the permission that it is for this moment. So, you know, what you might need this morning to help you through and navigating whatever this day brings, it might be different tomorrow or next month or next year. And so 
the morning shift, as you said, it's, it's about helping you navigate change. But I think sometimes when we think about change, we think about big change, but we don't think about just the small changes that happen from day to day. It's all, we're always exploring change, right? Like constantly in and out of transition at any given day, at any given time we are transitioning. And what I love about the morning shift that's different from how others teach creating morning routines and is the flexibility, is right. acknowledging that we are beings of change. Right. And when we think about routines, we think like, okay, I have to set this type of routine and I got to fulfill this routine as is every single day. Right. To me, the routine is showing up and consistently taking care of yourself. <laughs> that itself is the routine, right? right. Um, and then how we create rituals within that routine helps us add in the meaning, which is often lacking in the routines that we build out for ourselves. Right. It's very like rudimentary and how we think about the way in which you're trying to build habits it really is the consistent effort to do to do right. whatever that thing is. And right. yes, consistency and discipline and focus is not absent in flexibility and right. creating um, creating more meaning yeah. in how we show up for ourselves. What I love about that is that it, it, it is a buffer, if you will, or maybe perhaps a boundary for it not falling into this very rote uh, thing that you do because you're like trying to check off a box of, oh, I did this, as opposed to, yeah, you did it, but here's the purpose for it. Like remembering the purpose for it. Exactly. I remember yeah. long before the morning shift was a thing and I was that person trying to create the morning routine that everyone told me that I should be doing to be successful, right? Like, cause if you aren't uh, having, if you don't have a morning, the season, are you, are you really a successful leader or a successful right. CEO? Like, come on. Right. Um, and every morning I was like, okay, I'm going to read for 15 minutes, 30 minutes. I'm going to do my little workout and I'm going to try to meditate for like five minutes, but nothing had any real meaning besides that. I was checking off this list and clearly right. by having, doing these things now I must be deemed successful in my personal growth endeavors, right? Um, and so creating the morning shift was really kind of flipping that on its head and saying, what we're all really after is meaning and purpose. And how do we align our meaning and purpose with the goals that we have in the midst of life change and disruption? Right, 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 right. Okay, so now I want to move in a little bit to talk about in what ways does the shift to viewing personal growth as a collective endeavor, in what ways does that impact one's life in terms of their way of being, in terms of their way of working, and maybe even perhaps in terms of the ways in which they approach how they make decisions? Yeah. Well, first thing that came to mind is what, what I don't want you to take away from the personal growth isn't just personal, it's collective, is like the pe is people please, you know, like you're trying to like become something so that you can please others right. or like what that's going to look like. Right. That's not where we're going here. It's really right. self-awareness, right? Being aware that ourselves, our presence, our energy impacts those around us. But first it is taking care of 
yourself. Like it's just the same analogy that we all hear about, you know, flying in the plane. If the plane's going down, the mask comes out. Who puts them at where does the mask go? Right. It goes on you first because you can't provide the same pouring from an empty cup. You can't provide to others and do your best if you aren't doing that work. So it really lies with how you're showing up for yourself, doing the heavy lifting, which is why the morning, creating a consistent morning practice allows you to do daily heavy lifting, right? Um, so that as you become more aware of your own nature, your own habits, the things that are working, that's not working for you, as you are more aware of all of this that's taking place, then when you start coming into conversations, whether it be with a significant other, a family member, a friend, colleague, client, whomever it is, you're stepping into that situation more aware of that interaction, therefore navigating it maybe a little bit differently, having like a conscious awareness of self and what your needs are. And then also it makes it more human. To me, this collective endeavor is humanizing everyone around you because you started to humanize yourself. We have this tendency, you know, even mentioning the perfect attendance where we almost feel robotic a lot of the time. Like if we're not 100% on, if we don't have it all together every single day, then there's something wrong with us right. and there's nothing wrong with us. Right. We're human. <laughs> we experience right. a myriad of emotions throughout the day, we are going through ups and downs. Um, women in particular, I mean, our hormones change every single day. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're feeling all of the things. And so the more amped we are in understanding ourselves and how we process the world, our inner world and the outer world, then that lends itself to humanizing those that we have interactions with and how we show up to guide them, lead them, collaborate with them, um, all of the above. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that you took the time to make that distinction because I didn't think of it as being people pleasing, but I did think of it more through the lens of perhaps enlisting other people as a part of that process. And what I'm hearing you say is that, no, it's not about enlisting other people as a part of the process. It's recognizing that whatever I am doing, as you said, at the top of our time together is having a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could be enlisting, but it's, it's not, the goal is so that you are well. Because I believe when we are well, we create well environments, right? It's the leading by example. Um, mm -hmm. As we show up for ourselves and others see that we are showing up for ourselves, they're like, hmm, you're doing something different. Yeah. <laughs> you, you look a little different. Like you, yeah. you're, you're yeah. You have a little more swag, like you feel a little yeah. more calm, yeah, you're, like yeah. you're more collected. Yeah. Yep. And it naturally, even without saying anything, yep. people start to react to you differently, right? It's, it's a conversation around boundaries. When you're able to set clear boundaries and people are like, oh, you're not the one to mess with, <laughs> right? And so right. they're not going to try you. Um, and so right. I feel like it has that similar effect. When you are able to start showing up for yourself, people will recognize that. Not that that's why you're doing it. You're doing it so that you can be well. Yeah. And then the enlisting part is, of course, when you 
you are doing well, when you're feeling better, when you have set better boundaries for yourself, when you have healthier routines, when you are showing up um, to be a whole well person, you're going to want to share with other people like, hey, these are some of the things that I do because I used to feel like you, like I used to feel chaotic and scattered and crazy. And I started to do X, Y, Z and people are like, oh, that's great. I want to try that. Right. So it has that ripple effect as well. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it could be both. It could yeah. be all. Yeah. That's my no, that's like, and I'll be, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all of the things. It's, <laughs> it's it can be whatever you things. want it to be. Um, and that's really important though. I say that because I, I had an interview the other day um, and we were talking about some examples. She wanted me to give like examples of what the morning shift could look like, like in a company or for an individual and it's really hard to give me key, or it's really hard for me to give you key examples because it's very personal. Right. And so what any individual does with, you know, creating this space for themselves and what any company does in order to match their ethos and their culture is going to look very different. It's navigating the process, like my framework is one thing, but what shows up for you and what shows up for me are going to be two completely different experiences. So actually, before I ask the other question that I had in mind, can you tell us a little bit about the framework? Sure. Um, so it starts with discovery, um, really allowing yourself to be deep in a state of wonder. And it helps you first leaning into like whatever you're probably experiencing in life or this particular season of change is messy, right? It's, it's a messy one. Um, and usually it's the mess that really trips us up <laughs> because it feels the most chaotic. It feels like, you know, either I don't know who I am, like, how can I trust myself to make a better decision for myself or it's messy out there. Like, the world is crazy. Um, the pandemic's a really good example <laughs> of right. that feeling like, okay, this is a hot mess and nobody knows what they're doing. So like, what are we going to do? Right. And so when we're navigating change, it's, you just have to call a spade a spade. This is messy. This is not cute. I'm not experiencing cuteness. The world is not cute right now. Okay. So I'm going to embrace this. And as I embrace this messiness, it's just accepting it is what it is. Right. We're going to then move and lean into curiosity. And so the discovery process is about kind of embracing the messiness of it all and then moving into a space of curiosity. I wonder what's possible here. Mm. Like, I don't know what's possible here. I don't even know what's going on, but what can this time be for me? How mm. can I move through what I'm experiencing? And does it have to be these thoughts that are currently coming to me? And what really helps with groundedness is to create a ritual. And so I talk about embracing change, leaning into curiosity and rooting in ritual because you want you don't want to fly off the handle in the midst of mess, um, which is our key go-to. <laughs> like I'm just going to spiral out of control, which leads us into anxiety, depression, um, where we just feel like, we don't know what to do. So we shut down or try to overcompensate. And so rooting into ritual, whether that is creating a journaling practice or meditation or having conversations with a friend, not shutting people out, whatever that is for you, 
allows for you to kind of come back to earth and be like, okay, this may not be what I want right now, but what can I do? Right. So that question of like, what can I do in this moment so that I'm not flying off the handle? And so as we show up in the discovery of, of it all, we are really leaning into a lot of questions about what is this? Who am I? What can I do? What is possible? Um, what's worth exploring? And, and you're looking at every angle of your life. And then we move into the define phase. And so when we're in the define, we are really trying to get to the core of what matters. So this is tapping back into your own core values, right? Your own strengths and weaknesses and determining what should still lie here. Like, mm -hmm. do these things are these still strengths of mine for this particular moment or what can I pull from or what matters to me now that didn't matter to me yesterday or last month or a couple of years ago, really right. honing in on like what matters in this moment and getting really clear about what we desire and making a decision about that. So that defining phase is you really clarifying what it is that you are trying to do now and trying to move into next. And then we move into the development phase where we really focus in on prioritizing our well-being and knowing that we cannot put our well-being on the back burner while we try to sort everything out, while we try to figure it out. It is here in this development phase that we are going to start building out the routines that are necessary to allow for what we discovered and what we have defined for where we're trying to move next and what needs to take place now. So what is it that we need to do in order to achieve the new habits and behaviors that will help us show up for our life? And so that's where the morning shift really comes into play. What am I creating on a daily basis that will support what I need and what I'm and who I'm looking to become um, in this next season of my life? Thank you so much for laying that out because, you know, when the journal is ready, <laughs> it's coming, <laughs> we will definitely let people know um, and it will definitely help people. But I think even just your outlining of those four stages, discovery, curiosity, define, develop is going to give, you know, our listeners, our viewers something to walk away with and to just begin to chew on and to think about, oh, well, how can I utilize this to help me navigate whatever the messiness is on an individual level or even the intersection of the individual level and what's happening on a macro level? Because that's the question that I want to ask you next is, mm. um, how can the morning shift help us navigate the craziness that's happening right now. It's so wild out here. <laughs> like, oh my God. It is so wild. Um, the morning shift, again, it's a personal to collective endeavor, right? And, and what I talked about in my TEDx talk is really a, a question that can be asked, that we can ask ourselves every morning and then how that question can be flipped to a larger group of folks and whose responsibility is it to show up um, for ourselves each and every single day. And so on one end, there is that self-care component, right? Knowing when it's time for you to do some, some deeper work and reprioritize your time. However, 
I don't believe like talking about creating morning routines and rituals feels at times like very privileged to me, right? It is um, because we all have very different lived experiences. So when we have children, it looks a lot different than when we have no children in the household, right? When some of us have to be at work at nine, some of us have to be at work at 5 a.m. Like we all live very different lives and very different morning experiences. And so for me, what I'm really working outside of working with individuals is what this looks like on our organizational level. How do we create space for people to do that deeper reflection, navigation work in their workplaces, Mm -hmm. in schools, in these transitional places where mornings are usually pretty chaotic for most folks. Like we are waking up and then there's a mad dash. Like we're trying to get to school, get to work, get to meetings, get to wherever, even if it's, even if we work from home, right? like we're trying to get to the thing that we need. Right. And then we don't always feel like we have the time, right? Though we sometimes spend a lot of time scrolling. So we got to think about that. Uh, <laughs> um, there's usually time, but right. some of us don't have the time, right? So when we right. move past the like, but you can restructure your morning and don't spend too much time on this, that, and the other. When we move past our personal, um, either personal habits that we have, we have to also look like from a societal standpoint in the systems that also force us to rush, right? Um, so when we're looking at it from that standpoint, then the focus turns to organizational leaders and what are y'all doing <laughs> for those organizational leaders that may be listening? Um, what space are you creating for your people to create some time in the morning so that they can show up to do the work, to think, to learn um, in a way that's not only fruitful for them as individuals, but that really does change the landscape of workplaces. And so I believe that if we were to all be able to have some space in the morning, it doesn't have to be an hour, two hours, three hours, the more times the merrier. But if you, it's just really about slowing down enough to be present, acknowledging where you are, what you need, and then taking some level of action that allows you to do that thing in real time and space to like plan for what that looks like in the days ahead. So I'm having a couple of reactions to it. Um, I have worked with one law firm when I did a multi-city tour for them. And I was so pleasantly surprised to see in one of their offices that they had a meditation room mm. because that is just so, so unusual. And I'm curious um, with the work that you do for corporations, are they, what's the level of, of embracing this as a part of their well-being initiative as opposed to something that they may dismiss as being woo-woo? Yeah, there's, it's a pretty much, as of right now, a mixed, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> um, I, there, so there's a couple of different things that any particular organization can do, not only from like, the the actual space that you allow for people to have like from a time perspective to changing physical space right whether it's meditation rooms or having something that is a space that 
allows for mental and emotional well-being to how you implement those wellness and well-being initiatives at large and are you giving people enough time to actually process what they learn versus just constantly learning or taking on challenges but not um, creating space to embody these particular uh, lessons and modalities and apply them to their everyday life, right? And so there's the, so when I'm working with an organization, there's, there's a few things that we have to take a look at to see like, what does this look like and how can it be implemented? A lot of the time it is going to be time and space. Um, are you willing to give your people the time? And I know I had one conversation with someone and I was telling them about, you know, doing a morning shift session, which is approximately about an hour, depending, um, could be up to like 90 minutes, depending on how many people formatting. Um, and she said, well, can it be done at 15? And Ooh. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I mean, there are some elements, there's some aspects of it that could be done in 15, but will you get the richness of the experience? Will people be able to like actually process what I, what they just did, what they're hearing? You know, it's all of those things. When we want to enhance productivity, uh, performance, culture, morale, all of those things, it's really about the time and space that it takes someone to actually create the habitual and behavioral change in order to do better. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a huge emphasis within the morning shift is what is the space that we're actually carving out and creating for people to become this person, not only that they want to become, that you want them to become, right? What does that actually look like? Right. Um, so is it woo or is it science? You know, <laughs> like, I mean, it's brain science, right? It's body right. science. These are things that you don't have to take my word for it. You can go read studies on it that shows you how the brain works, like even challenging people to, to understand that morning time is the most impressionable time for learning new habits. So if we don't, if we try to learn habits in the evening, well, can we learn them? Sure. But does it stick a lot better when we're focused on them in the morning? Yes. Um, and that's not a requirement of waking up at four or 5 a.m. because sleep is also really important. This is why I'm like now putting it back onto, you know, the systems that are because telling people to wake up before school, before work, before everything actually could just make them more tired and lack performance by the time they, you know, by the time they show up. So it's, it's reimagining. Mm -hmm. is really the word that I love the most to reimagine why we do what we do and how we do what we do so that we can be well. I still, I still love it. I, I love so many, there's so many different layers and dimensions to the work that you are doing. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that we share in common, although the areas of focus are different is when it comes to you know, talking about financial well-being and having a conversation with organizations to, you know, really get home that or really drive the point across that your folks are financially stressed <laughs> and some of them are so distressed that they are distracted. 
And that distraction mm -hmm. is going to have an impact on performance. So this isn't necessarily just a nice to have. This is affecting your bottom line. And it could potentially mm -hmm. then also affect, you know, not only job performance, but engagement and retention. And most of the firms that I'm working with, they spend a heck of a lot of money recruiting. So when you think about recruiting and then the training and all that other stuff, isn't it more beneficial to spend whatever the cost is to do the kind of work, um, sorry, that you and I are doing versus um, the cost of not doing it? Like there, yeah. there's a cost either way. <laughs> I guess that's the point. There's a cost yeah. either way. And where do you want to pay that price? Right. And yeah. what, you know, if we're coming back to just where we are as a people and what we're building, like, what is the purpose of it all? Like, what are we all out here doing? Right. Anyway, right. right. If we are stressed, de-stressed, distracted, hating our lives or the experiences that we have in life, not liking work, um, not being fulfilled, lacking purpose. Like, I mean, what, what are we, what are we here yeah. to do? And so I, I believe that as individuals, the more resourced we're able to be. So mm -hmm. as you're learning the mm -hmm. mindfulness tools, tips and tricks, and you are, you know, digesting all of this information from Instagram <laughs> or, or the, or the books or the podcast, like here, even today, as you're taking all this in and you're like, Hmm, aha. Okay. What now? What right. are you going to do next? How right. are you going to create the time to implement? Even if it's just one thing, because I do believe that, you know, it's these very small shifts that create really big change and yeah. they start to build, right? Yeah. You don't have to do everything right now. And the same yep. for organizations, but you can create a solid base this is particularly for organizational leaders, you can start building a, a solid foundation for well-being. And uh -huh. I believe the future of well-being starts in the morning. And so when you think about how people start their day, it's going to impact the rest of everything else. Right. Like hands down, that's not debatable. <laughs> like right. it, it just will. It casts, you know, it begins to have a ripple effect throughout our day. What starts off as a bad day usually ends as a bad day. Some right. of us are able to shift our energy, but right. most of us just then become a firestorm for everybody else, <laughs> right? Um, and we don't want that kind of energy in yeah. the world. And so yeah. like, how do we create spaces that allow people to do the necessary work so that they can be better for themselves mm -hmm. and all the people that they support yep. and kind of show up for yeah, no, I, I so love that. And I, I always say small is the new significant, but also incremental is the new significant mm, too. Yes, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Incremental. Yeah. yeah. Incremental and deliberate mm -hmm. change. Yep. Absolutely. Your whole life. Your whole yeah. life can just transform before your eyes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So on your website, you mentioned navigate change, prioritize well-being and shifting into what's possible. And I think we've been talking a lot about that. Mm -hmm. What are some of the results that people can expect to yeah. experience? And, you know, 
sometimes in a situation like this, they want to experience it stat or they want to see that result stat. So how do you manage people's expectations around that? And what do those differences look like, feel like? Like, how do they know if something's different? So first, I think you can feel something different as soon as you hit pen to paper, right? Like just an act of being intentional can garner the feeling of intention. Like I'm doing something for a reason with purpose, Mm -hmm. but to speak to results, um, past clients of ours would say like confidence, setting, Mm -hmm. setting boundaries, having more confidence, the ability to uh, navigate life and business because we all know, well, if you're a business owner, you know how those two things are very much intertwined. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the ability to, to navigate them together uh-huh. without losing your mind is very important. Um, being able to have more clarity for the work that you do, making better decisions, honoring those decisions. And so it, it really can run the gamut depending on where you are, which is why I'm very focused on not only creating morning experience that allow for people just to have the space to be, but in those spaces, like in those moments or those sessions where, you know, whether you go through like the meditation and journaling experiences, like so many ahas could happen in a matter of like 30 minutes to mm-hmm. an hour. And, and it's the space that you give yourself to do that kind of work. And then as you are able to build out your own, um, your own morning shift and what that looks like for you, the sky's the limit, right? right. It's going to, it's also, it's not a pill <laughs> or that you could just take and then like feel or see something. It's something that you literally have to work towards every day. Um, and then there's going to be days that you don't feel, you don't feel anything, right? And there's going to be days that nothing happened that was super significant. But what I have personally learned through this journey, because I've been on it the longest, <laughs> the OG morning shifter um, for the almost you know seven years or so, that on the mornings that I'm just like content, hmm. that I'm just content, that there's like this, uh, there's a book called, I think, Radically Content or something like that. And I love that phrase because where you're just like, like, there's nothing wrong. Maybe there's nothing right, but there's like nothing wrong. And I'm just like really present here. And I feel really safe here, like in my body and my knowingness of who I am. Yeah. And there are seasons that I don't create um, a ton of activities for me to do. Like there are seasons of massive change when you're going to get like really, um, down and dirty about the things that you like need in order to find the meaning to create new habits and behaviors. Like there are times for that. And then there's times that like doing the one thing is more than enough. Yep. Right. And so there are seasons for that too. So I'm Mm -hmm. also not going to preach to you that every season of your life or every day and every month has to be loaded with a ton of things in order to feel fulfilled. Cause then you are displacing right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're trusting yourself. And what 
to me, what builds as well outside of trust and confidence is this distinct knowingness that I am like enough, just as mm-hmm. I am right here, even in this, if it's a season of chaos, even in my seasons of uncertainty that I've done it before and I will do it again. Yeah, right. But now I have this, right? It's messy here. Right. So I know that up front. I'm going to lean into curiosity. I'm going to root into his ritual. I'm going to define this moment for myself. I'm going to develop something new. Like it literally mm-hmm. is the work. Okay. Like it is. <laughs> can't wait for the book. Said, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for the book to come out for you guys to all have it. Um, oh my God. It would, it helps knowing that and trusting that. Um, so as you're moving through these various seasons, you will continuously learn more about yourself and you build that level of that like resiliency muscle mm-hmm. you just get better with time. Right. Yeah. And nothing is nearly as complicated as it once was, even when it is complicated. Right. Yeah. I, I love the um, planting the seed of giving permission to I don't want to say go with the flow and have that be perceived as being a little bit dismissive, but to just kind of recognize that, you know, there will be seasons when your capacity is mm-hmm. um, maybe not as robust as you are accustomed to it being, but it is what it is. And even within that, it is what it is. You can still get something from this. So that's one thing that bubbled up for me as you were talking. And then the other is the reminder that sometimes what is imperceptible right now becomes perceptible at a later point in time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Life doesn't have to be, I mean, it is, it is out here. It looks crazy. (laughs) Like from every angle. Right. But there are some things that you can control and there are some things that you, you cannot. Right. And the more we are able to learn how to operate from what we can control, Mm -hmm. the less stressful life becomes. And I feel like the morning shift just reiterates that message over and over again and gives you the container to do the work. So what challenges, and I'm not asking for specific details, but what challenges have either you encountered or those that you have coached on this on an individual basis have encountered when they may be, you know, as a lot of things, if you might be new to it, you might be all gung-ho and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to try this out. And you do it for a bit of time and then something interrupts that flow. Mm-hmm. What are some of the typical things that interrupts that flow? that challenges someone's ability to be consistent with the morning shift, the practice of, I'm going to say the practice of the morning shift. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is children. (laughs) (laughs) Children will interrupt your flow like nobody else. Um, I think that that is their little purpose. (laughs) They're like, "Mm, what are you doing? I'm going to just not, you're not doing that anymore, (laughs) anymore, but they're so cute. Um, there's going, I mean, 
there's children, there is not communicating your needs to those that also might be living in your, in your home, mm. um, disruption of the workplace, <laughs> the workplace and school could also be a disruption if they're not on, on board mm-hmm. with this. Right. Mm-hmm. So, which means you're left to making sure that you can do something for yourself while you're at home. Um, so that le- that leads me back to my TEDx talk. So the question, I'm just going to give it here. You guys hear it first with, before the TEDx talk even comes out. Yes. Um, but the question that I personally ask myself and that I'm challenging everyone to ask themselves is what do I need today? Mm-hmm. And so what do I need today? If you did nothing else, if you didn't have a specialized routine or ritual in place, what do I need today is a question that can lead to more intuitive routines, rituals, mm-hmm. and decision-making mm-hmm. that will allow for you to do the one thing that is necessary for you to really show up in a more whole, fulfilled, or well way. Mm-hmm. Um, so life is always lifing. You're right. <laughs> Constantly. And you're going to have curveballs, right? There's right. going to be days that you wake up sick, a kid wakes up sick, um, your roof is leaking. I don't know. Your tire is flat. A pandemic is coming. <laughs> like there's something. There's always going to be these things that can disrupt you. And these are the changes mm-hmm. that I'm talking about, right? Right. Um, but that doesn't negate you being able to control what you can. Right. And so the question of what do I need today allows you to have control over what you can from the very beginning. And so what you need is the glass of water. Go ahead and, and you ritualize that glass of water. Right. <laughs> you take right. that moment, you be present, know that you are nourishing your body in that yep. moment. You are not going to be dehydrated anymore. Right. Your brain is going to function better. Your body's going to function better. I mean, there's so much that we take for granted in these small acts of care. Right. Mm-hmm. So like you mentioned earlier, it doesn't have to, or just because it's small doesn't mean it's not significant. Right. right. So honoring the water ritual, like mm-hmm. what that does for us on an internal level mm-hmm. changes the game. Right. Um, and so that also helps if you understand neuroscience, right? Not all <laughs> of us study science and psychology right. like we do all the time. So we may not know that, but when we create these small acts that can create lasting change for us. It also helps us shift our mindset for that moment. Um, lighting candles mean a lot to me. And so I have a candle company with my husband called Intention House. And um, it really is about setting that. You didn't know that? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, oh. Yay. And it's lighting a candle for me is special because it always insinuates that I'm sparking something Mm. and I'm letting something burn within me within this moment um, that can change my perspective on any given thing in this exact moment in time and so even becoming aware of like very small things can change our perspectives, change our behaviors, change how we operate through day-to-day life. And so I don't want the morning shift to be this complicated, convoluted idea of like, if I don't do it exactly like this, or if I don't have the framework nailed in every aspect of it, then 
it doesn't work for me or it doesn't exist for me. It really is learning how to be intentional with what you have and what you can have at any given time. And so distractions will be there, but does it mean you can't do something about it. So like before my kids come in at all wees of the night, like in morning times, it's, it's crazy. They just bust through the door. But before I like, I'm like, Mm-mm. before I go and tell them something, I'm like, what is it that I need today? And if that is like really going to like, I'll just keep using water. If that is using water. Okay. As I'm making their waters, because as mothers, we have a tendency like to do all the things like for everyone else you like totally forget to pour yourself anything or right. eat or whatever. Right. I'm like, mm, they'll be okay for like one more minute. Let me pour right. myself. <laughs> I'm going to drink it right here right. and then I'm going to give it to them, right? Give um, yourself give it to, to yourself them. before you yes. give yourself away. <laughs> but it's these little, it's a very, very small. Yeah. Right? But even in that, you're like, wow. I just, you, you're telling yourself that you chose yourself. Right. Right. So that maybe something else will happen later in the day and you're going to choose yourself again. Again. Yes. Versus being like, I'm not choosing myself in this moment. I'm really thirsty. I'm dehydrated, but I'm going to go get coffee because I just feel like that's a part of my routine. So I'm going to drink that. Now you're more dehydrated. And then you get in the car, your brain's not working properly. You're in in that ripples, right? So now you're a little more agitated. Now you're snapping at people. Like, I mean, it really does like you can see the patterns and Mm -hmm. so I believe that the more perceptive we are of our behaviors and our habits first thing in the morning the clearer that we can see these patterns and how we behave for ourselves and how that has a ripple effect to kind of come full circle yeah how that impacts those that we are corresponding with and the actions that we take the mood that we are in the emotional or mental um you know, our emotional or mental sustainability, like what we're able to create in these moments of time have a lasting impact on lives, leadership, work. So love it. And it's interesting because my question, my daily question has been uh, typically, what do I need to know today? Or what do I need to pay Mm. attention to? One of the reasons why I like your question is that it's more open-ended and it's not just about doing. Mm. Or knowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because your question is very specific, right. right? Like you're trying to like download right. a very specific right. piece of, of information so yeah. that you can make decisions based on that information. Right. What yeah. do I need today allows you to kind of tune in. Right. And receive and check in with your body. Like, oh mm-hmm. man, this thing is really aching on me that I have, that's probably been aching for a long time and right. I have not paid attention to it. Right, um, exactly. So it's, it's an awareness state that mm-hmm. really does open, it's, it's a gateway question. Yeah. So it opens the floodgates to all the things that you need and then you focus on what you can right. for that time and that morning and then yep. continue to do that. Yep, okay. yeah, totally love it, totally love it. Well, I feel like we have talked a lot about the morning <laughs> shift. I have certainly, you know, uh, benefited from this discussion and, and as usual, the behind the scenes that I've been privy to, but is there anything that we haven't discussed that um, our good listeners and viewers would benefit from knowing about the morning shift? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't 
don't know if we haven't discussed it as much as I'm just more excited to get these products to y'all. <laughs> I'm working on a couple of things that, you know, particularly for individuals um, to have and hold that will help you do this work. And so I'm just really, really excited to get it out so that you have something tangible um, to process everything that I talked about here today, but for yourself. Do you have a wait list that you are, you know, utilizing? By the time this comes out, yes, I will. <laughs> okay. There will be a, a wait list. Perfect. Go to because <laughs> Exactly. I want people to be able to be notified as soon as it is yes. available. So per so your very fabulous it. suggestion, there is a wait list right now. So head over to themorningshift.co and join the wait list. And if you are looking to bring like this type of programming to your organization, go to org.themorningshift.co. And I'll make sure that you add it to your show notes too. Yay, 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 yay. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for not only taking the time to join me today, but for, you know, helping me navigate at the very beginning, my little Zoom snafu. Mine still has it stacked and I'm just like, oh, well. <laughs> Depending on where you are, it may be stacked. It may be side by side, but either way, exactly. you see us. <laughs> good and we came you know we gave you the goods we gave you what you needed today yeah, absolutely so again thank you so much for joining and I know you mentioned the wait list and then for organizations but how else if people want to be in touch with you how else would you like to yeah. invite them to do that you can find me at Instagram at live with Tiffany and I do like her live with Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> Find me at live with Tiffany for oh now. God. And there, there's more to come. So awesome. Just, just hang with me on the journey. <laughs> Yay! Awesome. Awesome. And then hopefully in a couple of months, the TED talk will be live. And so you'll be yes. able to check that out. But you got a sneak peek. Those of you joining us into the key question, what do I need today? And you can actually get started on implementing that right away. Um, but again, folks, thanks. That is it for today. Um, as always, I appreciate you listening and joining us all the way until the end. If you're listening on the podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for that. And before you hop, if there is anything in terms of our conversation today that sparked an aha or reflection, I know I'd love to know. So, you know, send me a DM on Instagram, send Tiffany a direct message on Instagram yes. too. Again, she's at live with Tiffany. Please stay in touch with both of us. So again, once more, thank you for listening today. If you'd like to show appreciation for the podcast, please leave a rating and review, especially if you are on Apple Podcasts. And if you are on YouTube, share it to there and leave a comment below. <laughs> Thank but thanks so again much, for joining me again, Tiffany, and all of the guests. And for all of those of you out there, thank you. And I will be back again with another episode. And I hope you will too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye.